It's been a while, but welcome back to another fabulous Civilizations in Review. My name is Ben Lutz, and I am one of the co-founders of Alphusaic. Very excited to jump into this really interesting ancient empire. Um, with me is Anna Campusano, a fabulous co-moderator, previous uh, interviewee, and now a uh, veteran interviewer. And we have Jane Fitzpatrick, a fabulous um, content writer as well, who wrote about the Yamhad, um, our only one with a Y, which is pretty fascinating for you uh, linguistic nerds out there. Um, so we're gonna jump into the empire, but before we start, I just wanted to uh, sort of recap what we do in the system and civilization and then really move forward with where it's going to be. So this is a conversation to go over the different empires that make up the Alphusaic Civilizations 101 section. We have 90 different ancient empires, kingdoms, caliphates, dynasties, communities, um, and highlighting them throughout their history in the modern MENA or SWANA region. MENA is Middle East, North Africa. SWANA is Southwest Asia, North Africa. Same part of the world, but just different uh, language to describe it. The Yamhad is one of the fabulous empires we have here, and we're going to jump in from our resident expert, Jane. Um, but just as a reminder, we are live streaming this to Facebook, so welcome to all of you on Facebook. And we'll be cross-posting this to our Spotify account, our YouTube, our website, um, and our Instagram, so you can engage with this content. And of course, all of this content stems directly from our website itself, alfusaic.net. So welcome all, excited to learn about this very fascinating piece of history, and I'll throw it to Anna to begin the conversation. Thank you so much for that introduction, Ben and Jane. I'm so excited that you wrote about the Yamhat. So let me introduce, um, located in Northern Syria, much of what we know about the Yamhat civilization has been discovered in neighboring strongholds of the time. Alalakh and Mari are ancient cities that held close political ties with Yamhat's capital, Halab, also known as Aleppo. They shared the heritage of ethnic Amorites, a Western Semitic ethnic group, but the Yamhad kingdom gained superiority in the third millennium under the ruler Yarim Li I through trade treaties and political, politically advantageous marriages. Alliances amongst the cities allowed the Yamhad civilization to practice diplomacy over warfare and their bountiful agricultural resources develop vastly extensive international trade networks, which is very, very interesting. And uh, one thing that I always think about is that in these civilizations and these uh, empires, um, a lot of the connections um, is made through trade. So what were some of those uh, uh, trade networks? What did they look like? How did they politically shape the empire? And, and you know, what, what, was, what were they trading? Okay, thank you so much for that introduction and for reading my, my text so beautifully, first of all. <laughs> it was lovely to hear it read out loud. For the trade networks, one thing that I was really drawn to when studying this civilization was their interest in diplomacy. Uh, I think if you're uh, interested in religious traditions, you may have heard from Christian traditions, from the Judaic tradition, a little bit about these Amorites people. Um, there's a little bit of mystery about them, but what we've heard, read, is that they're like, they've been called barbar barbarians, really. Um, and if you look more at the recorded history, you'll see they're very nomadic. Uh, we believe that Yamhad was made up of these Amorites people. And you would expect then that they're sort of violent, right? That they're conquering. But what I really liked about the Yamhad was that I found the opposite, that they really were interested in political ties and being more diplomatic. 
right? So one of the aspects of being diplomatic and being so successful, the reason they grew so large and influential uh, is those trade networks that were at that time would be considered international, transnational trade networks. And it's how they became economically very powerful. And one of the aspects of it was agricultural. They're in this region that's very fertile. Um, they're in a location that's really great for trade. There were a lot of networks that were easily passing through and they took advantage of that and even had some luxury goods. Fascinating. Um, so I'm, I'm going to reel back a little bit, but I thank you for starting us off, Anna, with trade because that's one of the most fascinating parts, especially these these you know pre-modern era empires that didn't really have access to boats or travel or mail systems that we take for granted now. Um, but what what sort of drew you to the Yamhad initially? Was it your interest in the Amorite community? And just tell tell us more, Jane. Yes, that's exactly it. That's really what drew me. And then what kept me was the contrasting research that I found. I really found Yarim Lim to be a really cool leader. Um, there's a lot about him actually, and his uh, economic diplomatic power. Wow, beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm always drawn to trade because of these same reasons that, you know, you think about it and you're like, it's so easy now, but like, how did we manage it back then? And it has a lot actually to do with diplomacy. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's, you know, it was the way that for them to communicate with other uh, empires and uh, dynasties and um, and sort of build this relationship amongst of like, you know, sort of change the exchange of um, how can we survive and, and, and the different ways in which, uh, you know, it influences and influence um, these societies. And, you know, within that is that like that's what prevails over time is that influence. So what, what would you say about um, how they influence the world today or the modern influence tab uh, sort of thing and, and what it looks like for, for Syria um, since the Yamhad? Well, that's an excellent question. Unfortunately, uh, it's been difficult to excavate. Aleppo is still populated. And I, I suppose you could say that that's a really good thing for their legacy in a way. Uh, after Yamhad sort of declined, people still stayed there. People have still stayed there to this day. Um, there's a lot of restrictions about what we can archaeologically learn in that area. And that's why a lot of what we know about Yamhad specifically comes from neighboring cities. say more about that that's that's so interesting that they sure. stay in the neighboring yes say more mm, so the city of mari um it sort of fell in and out like a, an on and off relationship with yamhad so to speak uh, there were some political alliances through marriage we do have textual evidence that there were connections there um as well as alalah uh that was sort of a an extension city that had a lot of political ties. Makes me think about that. I actually know someone from Aleppo, which is really interesting. I, I would, I would love to, you know, kind of engage in that conversation. Say, like, hey, like, what sort of archaeological evidence? You know, what, what does it look like there? Um, I mean, I've never been myself, um, but just you know, sort of thinking about that. Then, what was the what caused them to decline in 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 this perspective, as you as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So over time, there was a lot of expansion because of those economic ties, political ties, the trading network. Um, and over time, other civilizations were still coming through, were trying to conquer more land. 
they started to decrease over time, specifically against the Hurrians, and their final fall came from the Hittites, the Hittite civilization. They did survive a lot of the early Mesopotamian attacks, which was really cool, uh, and how Mari sort of became an ally and how they started to grow because of those uh, political ties. This is so fascinating. So it's interesting because we're hearing this from their neighbors who are low-key their rival or their friend, their frenemy, I guess, uh, in the ancient times. I guess like how reliable is that information then if it's like a second, I mean, maybe we don't know, but that's a really, that's, that's such a, I think that's the only empire that we know about it because of another empire who's also on our Alphusaic site. Do you have like more, is there, is there like intellectual conversation about this reliability question? I'm so fascinated by it. It's definitely a question and I think it deserves conversation over the reliability. We come from, this research comes a lot from text from recorded word from other rulers as well. So that, that can be considered maybe more reliable. Um, we have letters, we have the Amorite tradition. Now we can say again, that there's a lot of controversy, a lot of confusion about who are these ethnic Amorite people. Um, and we can notice, we can see in Aleppo that there were some ruins, there were, um, if you remember, it was originally called Halab, um, and that probably comes from the Semitic deities, um, storm gods and whatnot, a pantheon of gods. And so we can kind of make assumptions there about their culture, religions, but then again, we would return again to the um, trade networks and we can make the assumption that there's probably a lot of different things that they collected from those trade networks, right? A lot of, a lot of things came in and went out. Um, and so they probably were a very unique and varied group of people. Yeah, I would think that, you know, when you mentioned the, the luxury goods, I think that that's something that gave them a lot of uh, power and, and sort of elevated, you know, their, their empire, um, which makes me think of how you mentioned that you found uh, Yarim Lean, a very, very interesting figure. Um, and so what was that? So politically, I know that there were also marriages and ways in which they sort of exerted that power, but politically, how did he sort of handle the empire of what you could find um, and this great kingship uh, that, that was mentioned for Yarim? So I actually found this really great quote um, that's in a lot of open sources about Yarim Lim. I'll just go ahead and read it, if that's okay. Um, so it starts, there is no king who is mighty by himself, 10 or 15 kings follow Hammurabi, the ruler of Babylon. A like number of Rimsin of Larsa, a like number of Ibal Pa'il of Ashnuna, a like number of Amud Pi'al of Katanum, but 20 follow Yaram Lim of Yamhad. And that is from a tablet. Again, more recorded textual evidence that was sent to Zimri Lim of Mari, that neighboring city. And it was describing Yaramlin the first and his authority. So when we have this textual evidence that people were talking about this person, the news was spreading, right? Um, these, whether they were true rumors, you know, they could be uh, false information, they could be glorified for all we know. Um, but that really sets you in a, a direction of thinking, wow, this person at this time period that we don't know a lot about in this place that we don't know a lot about was really talked about 
uh, we didn't have social media back then. We didn't have things like YouTube and Facebook to find out who these people were. So if a name got around, that's pretty significant. Uh, and so he did have, he did establish some uh, marriage ties with Mari and he had rule over a pretty vast amount of land. I'm kind of blown away um, that A, the word got out, B, he's talked about in so many other famous places, but also just like numerically, you said only about 20 or so people follows Yanam Lee, and, and yet we know the excavation history and location, geography, boundaries, etc. of this small city-state, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. That's, that's so fascinating. Um, and I kind of want to stay there for a little bit longer. Um, in your research, was there more pieces about sort of this, I don't know, community that he built, obviously intermarriages and trade for sure, but to, to even like hear about Yaramli as far away as, I mean, Babylon to Yamhat is not very far in modern times, but you know, that's oceans really geographically, if everything was by foot. So for the words you get, just tell me more. This is so, so, so interesting. Um, I believe there were a couple of letters. One was not sent that was uh, written by a king in Mari that he had worked with talking about trade. Um, and it's interesting that they believe it wasn't sent because it wasn't found, it was still found in Mari. He wrote it out and said, sort of had a grievance about trade and, and said, um, had quotes about saying, you know, you are a great leader and I respect you and, and you put me in this position of power and I'm grateful and I need this assistance in this trading. Um, but that letter just never got sent. And they, they say maybe because it was a little bit sassy for the time, uh, or maybe he just decided things would resolve themselves. Um, but that is just so interesting to me. Maybe that's the only reason why we know about the letter today because it never got out. So exactly. <laughs> Sometimes these things, they, like you know, they they work out in in this favor. Um, um, but I think that uh, mo most of what I can see that he had was this diplomatic, uh, you know, relationship or uh, perception, like that people respected him as a figure of like trade and and able to make these. Because it's not easy to have these advantages, marriages. It's not easy to you know convince both parties and and sort of unite. Um, so I think that that was something that maybe elevated him um, a lot. And, and I mean, I'm reading uh, and, and one of the key accomplishments is that 185 years and I've heard of other civilizations, empires, I mean, like as short as like 50, 70 years. And, you know, they are still talked about, but this one was, of course, very uh, successful because it, it sort of remained for this long time. Um, what would you say that were other accomplishments that the Yamhat had or, you know, Yarim Lee himself. I don't know now if like, you know, I think he was kind of like that head person that made the civilization even go on for as long. So you'd like to know about other rulers or specifically about Yarim Lee? Uh, most like other rulers, uh, just because of the length of time in, in the Yamhat civilization. And how did he have this, uh, like, was it through his influence? Was it like, politically, you know, uh, sort of the influence of him or, you know, did, did it start before? Like, what did that look like? Sure, we can back up and talk about Sumu Epu, who is, as we believe, the first 
ruler of Yamhad, uh, he really set up the initial talks with Mari. Uh, and he unfortunately died in battle, but he was holding off those early Mesopotamian attacks. So Yarim Lim was set up well. When he came to power, he had been clearly taught, influenced himself about other options beside cons besides conquest, right? And I think that is what really makes this, this civilization shine so much because again, we go back to talking about the Emirates and that we how we believed that they were really violent, barbarians, they're described as, right? But we see this group of people that's supposedly from that line, from that heritage, that's very settled, that's very much not violent, that, that's choosing to be diplomatic instead. I think when we consider civilizations, early civilizations like these, we have this assumption that that's what they're like, right? That they are always trying to conquer and aren't really sure about economics yet. But one of the greatest things about the Yamhad civilization, especially under Yaram Lim I, was the economic system. They didn't have a standardized version for exchanging monies, um, but they had very clearly set out weights and measurements for products. So that when they were trading, it all was fair and balanced. And that makes it successful, that makes it peaceful, that makes it effective. There's so much to unpack in just that one sentence. The I've never heard of a non-currency based, even if it's not physical coinage, like a bartering system, if it's based off of weight. That's fascinating. I'm pinning that for a bit. But also, as you sort of just mentioned, history is written by the victors, not necessarily by the people who lived in that time. I mean, the Yamhads especially are not, did not really write about themselves, it sounds like. Um, so this perception of these ancient brutal savages very much is commonplace today. And that's one of the biggest reasons Civilizations in Review was even set up to sort of demystify no, there are multiple things. Do you like mail systems or coffee? You're welcome. An ancient empire developed those. Not necessarily the Yamhad, but you get my point. So I think it's really fascinating that you, in your own research, came across that sort of debate in a way of engaging. Um, that's so interesting. But I, I'm, I'm still drawn to this currency or lack of currency system, this weighing measurement uh, bartering process. Do you have any more details on this? That is so interesting. So we know that they were largely agriculturally based um, and they did, we believe they had a sort of taxation system as well uh, in which people would pay through those weights, usually with our agricultural goods. Uh, but again, as we mentioned earlier, there was also access for more wealthy people, wealthier people to luxury goods too. And they had to trade effectively, right? And they had to convince visiting civilization traders that their system was good. And so that really astounds me too, is that they were able to really set this standard for people who were coming through. Yeah, I think actually the same, that that was the most interesting part um, of the trade system, just because of, uh, you know, for it, it to be so uh, like international extensive, uh, as we mentioned in the very beginning, you know, and, and then to have uh, sort of a currency and, and it does create this effectiveness that you that we're, we're speaking about because, you know, both parties are happy. And I think that also that gives it that gives it that success that uh, it sort of had. 
Um, that's my favorite part so far. <laughs> so what, what do you think was your favorite part when you were investigating and researching about the Yamaha? Did... I, like I said earlier, I was attracted to this mystery of who are these Emirates people and stayed because they conflicted with what we thought. And I, I could really see that this was maybe an early model of what we may call in political science, uh, an international liberalist theory approach, right? It's, it's very much like we can be successful by working with others. It's not necessarily, success isn't necessarily given to us by conquering another place. We can benefit from each other. And to see that sophistication um, was unexpected and, and I really respect it. This is so. There's just so. This is so cool. I, I I know I've said that often, but that's why I love this series. There are so many hidden gems and, and components to these ancient empires. Wow. Um, we're sort of wrapping up here, and, and I want to not stop, but time timing is making me do so. Any other sort of pieces of the Yamhad through your research that you want to expand upon, share, or that we didn't chat about yet that you just really enjoyed learning about? I will say I hope that one day we can explore more from Aleppo. I think that is where it left me, is that it's wonderful that I was able to find so much and I was shocked that I could find sources. We talked about that before the meeting is sometimes you run into a problem of not having any information to go off of, uh, but we know there has to be something there. And it's been such a, a wonderful find. What we found, uh, but there's, we know that there's more and we just can't touch it. And that is where I've left off. For sure, I thought about that too. I said, you know, that the archeological evidence sometimes that, you know, we, we thought at some point that archeology span was just something that, you know, it's not gonna continue, but, you know, we keep findings and findings. And I think that it creates more opportunity um, to know about these ancient civilizations, which is a beautiful thing. Cause I mean, I wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, and uh, I think that, that that's part of like uh, what it ends up happening in the modern influence part, which is usually my favorite and what like in any artistic way or creative way or what, what does that look like for a lot of uh, different countries um, is what their history looked like and what, what was shaped by. Um, and I think that, yeah, definitely that and, and thinking about how it was related to us or told to us by other people that described it is also another thing that makes it feel so like, you know, successful and that, you know, that, that it had that influence that it needed to have. So um, I love this piece. I really do. Yeah, this is so incredibly interesting. I, I want to keep going, but maybe one day we can do an Alpha Zay trip to Aleppo with a, appropriate archeological experts um, yeah. to uncover some of these fabulous, may, maybe there's a whole record storage letter horde and just made all those words up but maybe there is so we can you know dive deeper maybe that's where all the sassy letters are, are currently gosh i would love to read those um that's so interesting a any other final pieces you'd like to share jane before we before we wrap up no i it's been a pleasure writing for alpha yeah. and this project the civilizations project is worth spending the time and going through every single one. Everyone has been interesting and 
inspired even my piece. So I applaud all of the content writers for this as well. Well, you very much are included in that applause, Jane. As are you, Anna. You both wrote A Different Empire. Um, well, thank you. What a fabulous conversation. So interesting. I, I didn't know anything about the Yamhads before reading your article. And so to dive and have so much rich, uh, fascinating systems of currency, of exchange, of trade, of everything is so fabulous. Um, and demystifying the negative stereotypes that are still about that community today. So thank you for uh, adding to that narrative in the positive space. And thank you all for tuning in with us. This is another fabulous Al-Husaic Civilizations in Review, chatting about the Civilizations 101 section on our site. We have under 10 left. So if you are interested in uh, joining our team and knocking those out so we can have a fuller picture of all of the ancient empires, you know where to find us, alfusaic.net, A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C.net. Thanks so much. See you at the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.